more time. Season six. Welcome to our one episode, Ask Audelie and Anna, that we're calling a season. I'm Audelie Jagade, and I'm recording from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in the U.S. I'm Anna Ile, and I'm recording at Nitya Arts Center Lillestrøm and Stavanger, Norway. For this episode, we're discussing two questions: one about storing all our stuff, and the other one about feeling discouraged and not making art for a while. To help us address these two questions, Anna has talked to artists Jermaine Ngoma and Cassie Thornton that she's currently exhibiting with, and Anna and I reflect on their thoughts. It's been a while since we talked. Yeah. Or should we, okay, should we do like a recap what happened since the last year? Year and a half. Year and a half. So since we last recorded, I moved to the Netherlands. For a year, which already ended, <laughs> um, because I got a Fulbright to do creative research and craft. So I was based at the Piet Swart Institute in Rotterdam, where I was experimenting with natural dyeing. I was teaching a dye class called Color and Conquest, where we read about the history of dyes and the things that people have done to get them, and uh, visiting museums. And then in the end, uh, after my Fulbright ended, I extended my stay for the summer, throughout the summer. And I published a book. Do you think it's possible to do... Um, okay, now we're calling this like a one-episode season. Do you think it's possible to do another season where we just talk about your year in Europe and your research? I don't know. Ex- oh, God. I don't know exactly if it'll be like... Well, I could ask for advice or I'll at least ask you stuff. Do you think that would be... Uh, we could, but I that feels a bit n- narcissistic. I don't know. For me to talk so much about myself, <laughs> I beg to differ. I feel there is like so many. I I think I think a lot of people want to know. At least I want to know. I propose that for like another one episode season because I have some stuff to ask you, and that could actually be like maybe, maybe someone else has something to ask you about like, doing a year in Europe, or like, going away for a year yeah. with a partner. I don't know. I think there's like a lot of. Potential. Potential <laughs> and perhaps wisdom, like stuff that could come out of this. I, I keep fantasizing about like something like that. So, yeah. Oh, like doing a year somewhere, doing research and getting paid to do it? <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> I do, mm-hmm. I do. So what have you been up to? Um, what have I been up Since, to? Since, uh, was it March, April? Oh, the, the interesting thing is that when we were in Paris, that's when I found out that I got the Oh, Fulbright, remember? I remember. We were at this... Yeah. Some cafe. Like a cafe. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, like if you got it, we celebrate. And if not, yeah. we'll just be... <laughs> yeah. But I... Okay, so if I'm starting just from now, this summer I did an amazing residency in Norway made sculptures in the mountains, went foraging every day, and this all, the works are part of an exhibition that's up now, which is called To Break Up With Forms, curated by Martina Petrelli, and she's the one who was actually like, hey, would you and Adelaide be able to do a season, which is a long time ago, and then she was like, there's actually not funding for a season but would it be possible for you to do one episode and i was like hmm let's check with Adelaide. i think maybe we could do one episode it's thing because i think what we struggle the most with is this like editing part yeah yeah, yeah. 
And then last time or the time before, you were like, you didn't say it this way, but you're like, you're so bad at this. Let me just take over. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I forgot this. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. If it's true, it's true. But, you know. I don't know. I think there's so many things, like, as being an artist, you're expected to be good at all of them. And you, how, how can you be? You're supposed to, like, design your website and be a good writer and now a good editor of podcasts and now, you know, yeah, just all yeah, these different yeah. skills. And how can you be good at all of them? But what happened in between those two summers? Like, I, I'm a little... Like what happened in a whole year? I know, and I even just did some like portfolio work, and then I was like, "Oh, love." Oh, what do you mean portfolio work? Like, no, like uh, it, organizing? yeah, organizing portfolio for an application, just like going through a resume for a job, and I was like, "Oh, wow, I'm so what's it called experienced? I have so many skills," <laughs> and I'm like, like as an artist, like I don't know if they're good, but I have such like a relatively function like hey there are so many things i can manage somehow on a general level yeah i so when i was listening to your conversation with i think it was when you were talking to jermaine uh i heard you say that you hardly make work yeah is that true i feel like i've well i hardly i i it's like in cassie when i talked to Cassie like she I think it was really nice how she talked about like their artistic practice as this like my mycelium and that sometimes yeah. there are like mushrooms popping up mm-hmm. uh, and I feel it's like that it's I have like a mainly I'm a mycelium you're mostly underground I'm mostly underground and then like so now for example I've made like uh, four works and I feel like those four works are like what happened this year, kind of. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, uh, so if th- I think that's partly the reason, like this, what happened this one year? I feel it's like this one year, and then now I made four works in two weeks, not two weeks, but like three months or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. Sometimes I mean I've gone to shorter residencies where I've made more than I did in the whole year that I was in the Netherlands. Yeah, I know. It's so confusing. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a function of time. I think maybe if we were painters, like say you had a certain style of painting, you're a figurative painter, you paint your friends, you do one a month, I don't know. Then you, you know, it's like you can kind of see how much work you'll make in a year. But if you, you don't start the year knowing what you're going to make necessarily. Like you might propose something for a residency. You might be like, oh, I'm going to this residency where they have facilities to work with metal. I'm going to make this Vitamix, you know component that like I've been thinking about or however it works but yeah it's like uh I think the same for me where there's just like time periods where I'm like what did I do yeah what was I doing the whole time that's also with mushrooms like sometimes they'll they'll everything comes up and like uh for example these yellow brittle gills that I'm really into <laughs> um they are they were like I was going to this this different spots in the forest and, and like almost every day for three months now and they were there like three weeks and I think that's like the only mm-hmm. time in the year they're there and there, there are lots of them everywhere and they're so tasty and then it's just okay I'll just wait till next year yeah, yeah. I think that's what I meant with me hardly working or not hardly working but making work yeah right having like 
a piece. Having a piece. The curator who's curated the show, which who invited us to be part of uh, or to make some sort of episode uh, right now, um, I met her in 2017 for a show that we were working on together. And you know, sometimes you meet people that you work with and you're like, oh, this is like, this is a good conversation. I hope we can, I hope this will happen again or that this is a relationship or a conversations I want to keep, keep on. So yeah. yeah, Martina was, is one of those. So later on when we continued talking and figured out, okay, I'll be a part of this with us three artists. Um, I was just so, yeah, I was just happy to be able to have this context, which is what has been really cool is that for, for this show, she was basically like, yeah, I found these three artists. They have some overlapping values and ideas or things that I think would work together. And I want to, I want them all to work towards this show uh, with new works without knowing what it'll mm -hmm. be but we'll just try to keep some sort of communication shared sharing thoughts and ideas with each other along the way and just see where it lands that's great yeah and I, i've actually never been part of such like an open process before but uh when she, when she said it and i already like she's a person i trust and when she talked about the two other artists jermaine goma and cassie thornton i was just so excited because i was like oh these artists are so cool like i dig them and and then i I kind of would trust getting into this unknown and sharing of thoughts and ideas with them mm -hmm. i think that's really cool because it means that she has researched all of your work enough that she trusts you like whatever you make she's gonna be excited about it yeah and i think that's really she, terrifying because yeah. like i don't i hardly feel that way about myself i'm like what am i coming up with this time i don't know <laughs> Mm -hmm. So, but it, that was just so very, very cool. And I'm like, oh, I hope I, I just wish there would be more like that. I mean, sometimes yeah. I've been part of commissions and stuff where, where I really feel, where they feel like, oh, we want you to do something like you did that time or, you know, and, and that might, you might be past that moment. Yeah. I mean, like, or not even able to make that kind of work where you're at right now no exactly exactly yeah so it would just felt so it was just like a really lovely experience to be like okay this is a way you could make new work we received this question from a listener which is how to deal with an art crisis no inspiration no motivation i'm starting to lose faith in art and the world in which art should exist i have had a break for almost a year <laughs> Okay, before we get to hear from Cassie and Jermaine about how to deal with an art crisis, I will give you a mini, mini, mini description of the work they are referring to. But we can also share some images on our Instagram to give you some visuals to accompany their thinking. So Cassie's work, Working Through Dangerous Weather, is part of a sound installation. And the physical objects placed in the exhibition, you can see it's kind of a waterfall of glittery party decoration curtains, blue, covering an office desk making the desk totally inaccessible. Jermaine's work consists of numerous art magazines that he has collected and it mounted up a wall filling up more than two, maybe three square meters of the magazines um, placed next to each other. They're punched through, sometimes where the image or text is no longer recognizable. 
and it's called accretion as accumulation of particles to form a big object by gravitation attracting more matter and tidal. And in addition to that uh, wall work, there is a ball, maybe 60 centimeters in diameter, that is covered by all these little dots coming from the art magazines. Kind of the, what is it? The negatives, the positives of the, of the holes punched in the art papers. Okay, you should definitely just like check their work because maybe I'm not that good at explaining. Well, let's hear their answers about how to deal with an art crisis. Mm, for me, um, doing art and having exhibitions is like um, when I get to think about everything else. And it sort of feels like it's like a, a way to stop time and focus on really material, like focus on materials and ideas in a way that like teaches me something that then usually I can apply to like the world on fire somehow. And so I don't know what I believe anymore, but like there's something like um, when we were like putting together the, like we made this big party favor waterfall that's hanging over a desk that we took from the offices in Nietzsche. And um, I kept explaining to everybody that works here why the desk needed to be under the waterfall. And I said it like many, many, many times and the idea kept getting lost. Like it was like, oh, well, we'll just move the desk so it's next to the waterfall or we'll just, it'll be like, like the waterfall will just go over part of the desk. And it was interesting just because over and over again, I was like, no, the whole point is that you can't work anymore because there is a waterfall on your desk. And so I think sometimes even like the minutia of like the process of doing art, it's like, it's like anthropological research about what's happening with people, but it's also like um, where like, I guess I just get to sort of um, push people a little bit, even if it's just like through formal things we get to keep talking about the same stuff over and over again. And somehow like maybe we all like end up learning like a little, little thing that we don't know we're learning and nobody's like the teacher or something like that. It's kind of what the question also is. Like, how can you, how to do this and how to work in, or like, should we, should we really be working in the apocalypse in the same ways that we were working before? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think like um, the other part of what, like what my actual like main everyday work is, is working on the hologram, which is like a peer-to-peer like mutual aid network. And what I learned from that was that like um, having like a practice that is not exactly art, but that um, creates an opportunity to practice skills that are useful in the apocalypse is really Mm. important. And I think I've I've been able to be a part of two things that felt like useful practices that were different than my artwork, but were showing me that they're like a different world was possible by doing something different every day. Um, so like with the hologram, like um, it's just like a protocol for how to have a meeting to to basically like have three people support one person in a long term way. It's just something that's kind of easy to do and it's challenging in some ways, but it's like, um, it just teaches us how we can give care differently and how important it is to also like 
organize care for yourself. And there's something about like having some some structures in life where you get to like practice stuff like that that maybe takes the pressure off of art so then art could be something else yeah I think I have I've been trying to pursue maybe a similar strategy where I where I like I know I have to have like a social political commitment because I don't know what art can do like what but I know that it's it's uh, something and but yeah by putting my efforts into something that I know is like meaningful right now and useful for several people yeah then I know like okay it doesn't put the same pressure yeah on my art yeah I guess I was thinking when we were putting this exhibition together that um Jermaine and you are such I mean I don't know how to say this like I feel like I'm so blunt but like such powerful people with like big big practices and um like you're kind of witches in some way <laughs> like or like you know I, I kind of believe in the metaphysics of what you're doing both of you and um I guess it's, I just find it really interesting that like the three of us and the whole institution like basically goes together underwater for like a week or two weeks right now during installation and like comes out with this very like mundane but sort of sublime thing called an exhibition yeah and I was just like I was trying to figure out what I think anymore about like the precision of placement and like how the space is organized and how much work we put into it because I kind of I don't know I, I guess I'm like what kind of alchemical process are we really part of here <laughs> like are we are we doing something that matters like that just it's like working with like subtle like really subtle energy or subtle like like the magic of materials or whatever like are we doing something because I really like I can see your guys's trajectory and your work and Martina's and I'm like oh well if all these really powerful magical people are so focused for this amount of time on something like is it something yeah and I don't know when I was in grad school I had this um, the person that ran my MFA program, who is um, Ted Purvis, who started the social practice program at California College of the Arts, he he just always was like so clear that like you're working and working all the time, like like um, under the ground, like and then there's these moments when that stuff becomes visible, and the rest of the time it's all underground. I think like that's kind of true for every human. It's just like mm. in art, we're just so like it's such an industry for the moments when it kind of peaks up above mm. ground. But otherwise, I just feel like we're so, we're so mycelial. Like, we're just, like, yeah. working on some big invisible rhizome under, underground and, like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> you can't force it. I think it's, it's a do something inspiring, which maybe also almost has nothing to do with art, but eventually it will bring you back uh, to inspire you to think about your work and uh, um, yeah it will uh, um, re re reinvigorate your artistic uh, thoughts so it's it's nothing you can force mm. when when you're at that stage i just uh, actually I, I have come across that many times so when i'm feeling uninspired i just 
do something like or but, uh, 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 for instance uh, now what i was uh, uh, which was inspiring me was just i took my camera out into the forest nothing to think of taking pictures artistic pictures but just what if i see something which i think this is a nice motive i i take um yeah and also i mean being in the forest it also inspired me to mm. uh, to go back to to my art I always uh, actually love to be in the forest. That I use a lot of time uh, to be in the forest. And uh, me and my wife, I mean, we walk maybe there in the weekend. We go for four, five hours walk into the forest, oh. and that helps actually a lot uh, when you come back. You're fresh. So then, the, um, yes, it's don't don't despair. I mean, uh, uh, I know that feeling. I have been there sometime. That. Uh, you you can feel frustrated because you feel oh I mean because you want to make something mm. but you can't force the the creativity to come out I mean you you do something to reignite it mm. do something I mean it hasn't got to be really artistic it could be just a walk or mm. other things reading actually I find that very inspiring to to read mm. as artists we are also inspired of the uh, both positive and negative but we also choose uh, uh, um, uh, uh, our thoughts as artists it's it's more creative but not in a very negative way we always look for uh, positive things to inspire others i mean whether you are a writer you are a poet you 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 can write sad poem but actually it is not like to bring the world down, but it's kind of like a, it's your emotional state at that moment you write it. All um, we make art, which is reflecting our surroundings. We are we are actually inspired by our, uh, what is happening within us, but that should not whatever the circumstances what is happening. Uh, uh, around, we should always see uh, uh, something which we can uh, inspire others to think more positively or look positively to 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 that situation. Uh, maybe there is a lot of uh, also uh, um, what you call a lot of victims from those situations. But you always want to try to find something to inspire in in a way. But uh, so for us as artists, I think we are uh, we, we even if the situation is 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 really so bad, we are always we find small inspiration even in those desperate mm. uh, uh, situation. That's uh, um, because we are people who need to express. Uh, um, that 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 is our gift, apart from others who can't use their potential to express, but we can express things which other people cannot express through, because we are artists, we can express those through paintings, through poetry, because that's our even, uh, but uh, that's, that's our destiny as yeah. <laughs> artists, we, we can't stop to create. Or was there something that they said that made you think of something new 
just the thing about having exhibitions as a way to focus. But oh, I yeah. mean, this sounds like it's coming from somebody who maybe doesn't have any exciting opportunities coming up. And then you lose faith in the whole thing because a lot of it is just applying for funding, applying for exhibitions, writing, tweaking your statement, all these things that aren't very exciting. If you're in a place where that's it, that's all of it right now, I could see how it would be really discouraging. I mean, I do have these um, periods where it's just, there are like other things in life that take up space. And I mean, like one year is like a long time. But also not really. Exactly. Just even like think of any artist that you admire. Like everyone has like down periods. Maybe parts of that year that I couldn't really like (laughs) uh, say what actually happened. I think parts of the things that happen is that sometimes I do, like I work uh, for the sake of when it comes to art. Like I still go to my studio. I do those things. And maybe there's like not much good that comes from it. But I'm just trying to have some kind of routine to it's like a way to comfort myself and I don't know if it's useful or not but in the end I think the experiences that we make when we're not productive are also like um, experiences hopefully that will kind of feed into uh, some kind of knowledge about life in the world that's uh, that will be good in the work and later we'll feed in yeah exactly we'll feed into later work I was, this relates to Jermaine's response to the second question. So this question actually comes from a conversation Anna and I had about, um, I asked her what she's going to do with her work after this exhibition, because they're fairly large pieces. How do you deal with making stuff, or even the buildup of all the stuff compiling, the reality of stuff building up over the years, both as an artist and as a human? You know, we, we are like... Artists, we are like hoarders in ideas and in our visions. We collect, we are collectors of <laughs> images or what we... Yeah, I wish it was only ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you ask me about yeah. the forest. I mean, yeah. that's what I love with the forest because, I mean, I, I'm within embedded in this enormous space with a lot of different expressions and 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 what i do is that i'm just uh, uh, collecting uh, uh, intuitively in a way so in um uh i i deal with uh, uh, because it's it's kind of, you you have to censor some things i mean it's not all uh, stuff. I mean, I have, uh, uh, I have a uh, 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 log, get it, or uh, uh, yeah, storage, uh, storage place. place, two storage places, which is full of <laughs> stuff, <laughs> because you think, oh, this I'm going to use, or that is, a, oh no, I can't throw this, I'm going to use. I mean, we, I talked about the magazines, which uh, 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 if, if it wasn't that I had this immediate inspiration to use, I'm, I'm not so sure, but I might, I might have moved them to a storage. I'm <laughs> going to use this somewhere. So, uh, uh, so it's very difficult. You have to censor some, some things. You have to censor, say, okay, uh, uh, sometimes I have to just to bite uh, myself and then throw away mm. the stuff. But uh, I'm inspired with stuff, which which is uh, all all of us we are uh, 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 they, they are coming from our surroundings and so so uh, so with the storage how often do you go and get stuff from the storage 
That's a good question. It all happens. If it, 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 I go there, but looking for something, and then when it's, oh, this is here, and then I will take it with me. Either yeah. way. And then I will use it. Uh, 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 so, uh, because then when I move it from the storage, then I'm going, uh, I'm fixed on that. I go to to the studio and start working with that because I don't, I can't just put it in the studio and let it stand there because then I it will stand. I have to move it. So I go straight and put it, and then I'm going straight to because already I I have an idea of what I want to 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 work with. So then I'll go and use that and see. Okay, this is whether it's working or it's not working. But do you have a. Um... What's it called in English? Oh, I was like, do you have an overview? Do you have like an archive of what no, you have no, in the no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. My, it's it's just a, a mumbo jumbo. Everything yeah. is yeah, yeah. So you, it's just a, a, like oh, I didn't really remember that this was here. So it's it's just, but there are things which. So for instance, if I if I'm inspired and and uh, and uh, and I'm uh, I'm thinking, where is that? which uh, uh, because I'm always playing and then uh, then I will go to the storage and try to find it but normally it's just by chance that I'm at the storage and then I found mm. this uh, uh, the, uh, something which I might use okay yeah. I, I think it's actually quite interesting that you seem to be kind of happy about your storage yes because, I am yeah. yeah 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 because I feel I, I want to get the storage but I feel a little I feel I should get rid of things but, but actually, it sounds uh, healthy to kind of accept the like the value of the yeah things because you have there. it is. I mean, because it, it, that's why they're there in the first place. Yeah. Because you are you are you 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 have put them there, especially because they are something which triggers your your mind or your senses. So for me, I think. Uh, uh, no, uh, most of the things which I have in storage, even if I don't remember them particularly, but when I see them, I say, oh, this, I mean, this. Suddenly I came across some uh, magazines which I worked with, uh, but this I was using Waterjet, you know. Uh, uh, Waterjet is, uh, you have CNC, but it oh, has, yeah. Uh, yeah. so, uh, and, and, and uh, I had a friend who was a good operator, uh, so uh, he saw me, I was trying to cut by uh, what you call, by a knife and said, but so he said, oh no, no, we, maybe we should try by water jet. So we decided to have just simple uh, 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 symbols like uh, stars or cube or, uh, and uh, so he just went with a, uh, uh, with a water jet and it cuts almost so precise. Oh wow. But the thing is that you have to have kind of pressure so that the water doesn't go into the into the paper. Uh, paper. So if you do that then it's just that you pick the paper and just lay it and the water will just evaporate and then it's completely clear uh, uh, wow. yeah yeah so I was quite amazed. So I found these magazines which I had been cutting and said, oh I am going to take this. So I took them because they were special size. It was a art forum because art forum is a, yeah, they're a little wider. They are wider and yeah. thick, so they are, they are not like freeze or other things. So they so then I took them in a way. So this this is like a a a, a next project with a, a, because I'm also trying to embed a, a, this the cuts. 
So it sounds like you actually kind of take care of many parts of your process. I do. Yeah, 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 yeah I do. That, but that's, that's mostly uh, uh, um, uh, uh, how I get inspired. Of, I mean, uh, uh, even when I was working uh, as a, a, a workshop manager, uh, I was casting and everything, everything what was happening in that process became part of my art making. Even uh, uh, metal split, uh, spills, and so it's just because then, oh yeah, this, and then it's part of uh, So it, it just becomes part of, yeah, my art making. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think maybe I haven't been giving enough value to, to the objects that are in the process, or I kind of, there are often so many things that are not in part of the end result, and mm, then I don't mm, know mm. what to, and still the process is, it's very important because it's what got me there. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. It's, yeah. That's uh, so. I, I'm, I, I, I'm never really uh, the pro uh, Everything what I do is always uh, taken care of. When you're in in the studio, everything what is within that space becomes material and material for your thoughts. Everything is nothing is junk. Nothing. Everything is part of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, art making yeah. process not only tools but everything what is lying there yeah, becomes absolutely. becomes a, 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 a material for yeah for your making so each fragments and others feeds into your ideas by just uh, walking around oh that one and then you look to your left oh that one and that one and then it's a picture actually starts to form yeah. So uh, and and that is uh, what is always happening if you if you happen to occupy a, a big studio you will you will find that it's everything what is within that space is part of your art making. Mm. It feeds from one to another. Mm. So in a way you uh, uh, um, you end up with this when we talk of serial art making it's the, that's how it's it's born because uh, one work fits into the other so it's kind kind of like a chain chain of thoughts mm. and at the same time it produces an individual uh, 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 what you call views of how you mm. you're working one person yesterday asked like why all the plastic <laughs> and like what are you going to do with it mm. and I don't know. I mean, I hope with this one that like maybe people like we could distribute the different parts of the waterfall to people that live in really like work in really dry offices or something. Um, but I don't know about the stuff. I mean, you have so much bigger stuff to deal with when you make work. It's so industrial scaled. Yeah, I make I don't make, I hardly make or I hardly make work. But I think I'm, I'm, I get really, uh, I'm, I'm really grossed out about like the creating commercial content. So in some way, I, whether it's like a video or some kind of sculpture, it's usually stuff that's like kind of hard to handle. I don't know if that's, uh, I'm trying to like come to terms if that's like an, um, kind of an opposition or something like, I don't know what to do with this. It. Like it's very unpractical. Yeah. And. It's nothing that people would want. Yeah. Or, yeah. 
do you feel like a little antagonistic in that like you're kind of like making stuff that nobody would want and no one can have kind of because i get like if someone says i remember for a master project i made a, like a sculpture that's or an installation that's very beautiful and when people told me i was like no but you're getting it. it's it's wrong like this is wrong it's not no no it's not supposed to be like that like uh, and i just feel like that i would just feel really misunderstood yeah 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 um i see and i and I ha- sometimes I was like, okay, but maybe this is the thing that I should try to make work that could be... Well, it, so there's like some things I do like. I, I think it's nice with... I love when art that's... Yeah, when great art can be distributed. So I have been thinking, oh, I really love like printmaking, for example. Mm-hmm. It's like a great way, democratic way to like distribute art. But like I'm not... I don't make really images. Or like I don't know yeah, if that doesn't... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I maybe okay so maybe what I've been up to actually is that I've made really I've tried I mean I don't think it's really worked but I believed that I was making like really tricky art for a long time like cute and dangerous so I made like some paintings of like um like holes made in walls by meteors and I would like give them I would like sell them or give them to bankers that were doing really evil shit and so I did a lot of like um, like cursed paintings like that, or like little acts of like like revenge, where I thought like if I pl- if I place this work well, it might do something for justice. <laughs> oh, like so? Oh, so it would actually have like supernatural power? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. like a lot of my work is in in people's homes or people's offices, like as a curse. <laughs> oh. Okay, um, yeah. And then like I also did for a long time. I like made these like little. I cast these um, uh, iron, no, steel little rocks that, like, were supposed to be, like, little, they're really, really heavy, and they were supposed to be, like, debt, and they were, um, I had, like, paper mache all the receipts from my student debt, like, and to make these little rocks and cast them, and I would, like, um, also meet people that, like, worked in the finance industry, because I lived in New York and did a lot to try to meet those people, and I would, like, make them like me, and then I'd be, like, do you want to see my work, and I would give it to them, and then explain what it was, and try to, like, just watch their face fall off, (laughs) and try to get them to take it home, or carry it around with them, so I think, like, there's, there's something about, like, like, I think one way to think about the materiality of, of the objects is that, like, if you if you try to cast like them with some sort of power or a yeah, story yeah. and then like let them do their work like i think that is really it it's at least a great imaginal yeah. like th- it's a good thing for your consciousness your psyche but also like i don't know maybe it, it could work just like we don't know how art really does work and if we're doing anything like what the heck maybe it does <laughs> Like, for instance, right now I'm doing a residency um, with Alma Lewis and the Frick Museum in Pittsburgh, and I get free classes. I get to take classes with this residency, and one of them is stained glass. And I'm, like, I'm really into it, but now I have a bunch of glass stuff and glass, and then I'm going to make glass pieces that I have to store and transport. And it's, a, like, a kind of a turnoff for me t- to think about accumulating stuff, especially we've talked about this before, being artists who don't, like live off of selling artwork yeah it's not like you make it and you know it's going out the door 
you know, yeah. in a few months or something. But didn't you also feel, because I, I was so kind of, because first when we started talking about this, we were also talking about, like, I was telling you about Cassie. Oh, she just arrived and she just had the stuff delivered and during the week. Uh, we yeah. all helped out and, like, there was this physical, beautiful artwork that goes together with a sound piece and so on. But, but it seemed like such a sweet strategy of not like yeah. carrying all these heavy this heavy stuff around so that's kind of what mm. i was thinking oh that's sort of where i should go or that's smart but then when listening to jermaine i was like maybe i misunderstood it all like the love mm -hmm. he has for like his stuff in the storage yeah visiting <laughs> his storage and finding things and being excited about them I've never thought of it that way. I always thought of it as like, oh, when, you know, when I have had storage, I open it and like, how do I have all this stuff? And I didn't need it all this time. Like, why do I have all this? I don't know. Yeah, I really had that feeling like, oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm doing it all wrong. I was thinking maybe like, it's okay to be a hoarder. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I think there's, maybe there's this, uh, this um, str like continuous Uh, kind of trying to go move towards this minimalist and blah 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 something something yeah but then if you actually value the things that you collect I just found that really beautiful and I, I don't know why I've sort of dismissed the entire because it feels wrong maybe it feels wrong to have so much stuff it does feel wrong but at the same time I'm just realizing that when kind of traveling or living small is that I always like end up throwing out stuff and often which also feels which wrong. also feels wrong and it's really hard to kind of uh to like circulate stuff to like to the right people I mean yeah it's like related to so many things like how we live and I mean a lot of us do choose to live in like in a city uh, small mm. and Yeah, I just found it really fascinating. It felt so different from how, how I usually think. Like, what, what struck me about it, which made me realize maybe an issue I have, is that you have to really believe in the future of yourself as, as an artist to feel that happy about having all that stuff stored. Yeah. You know that it's, something's going to come of it. You're still going to be making work. You're still going to be showing work. And maybe this whole time I've been wondering, is that true for me? Like, am I going to still be an artist? Yeah. You know, is it feasible to keep going? I had this experience when, yeah, before the summer when I was going to go and make these sculptures or this work for this show, I had planned, well, I guess it was earlier in the spring. Well, at some point I was thinking, oh, I have these sculptures from last year that I can, that I can like repurpose into a new work mm -hmm. and I can bring them. So, because it'll make it cheaper and they're kind of reasonable in size. I can probably like somehow use them for this concept I'm working on but then before like I shipped them to this place I was going to work the work it the, the the first work got accepted into this show that now recently I got like a huge award for so that's kind of funny yeah. well that's you know like I was gonna destroy, destroy it, it. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't know where to store it, and I need to make. I, I'm making this new work, and how do I make this new work when I don't have anywhere to make? I don't know. Yeah, basically, <laughs> you want a huge award that wouldn't have you wouldn't have won, potentially, 
if you had destroyed this work because it wouldn't have been possible to put it in the exhibition. No, exactly. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. So maybe it's just like, okay, don't destroy works until it's been this amount of years, X amount of years. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you spoke about being uncomfortable with making work that people would want. Like you kind of uh, are resisting making artwork that people would want to buy because you're kind of grossed out. Yeah. yeah, that was interesting. Haven't you had that feeling? I did in the past. And then, I don't know, there's just something about, like, there have been times where I felt really precious about my work when I was younger and, I, and when I was like a teenager. And my sister's friends were like, oh, I'd love to buy that. And I was like, no way. It just felt gross. Like, it's not for sale. It's mine. Um, and then years later, I see it and I'm like, oh, somebody could have like happily lived with that. You know, somebody could yeah. have enjoyed my my best friend's mom. I gave her a portrait of my best friend years ago. And every once in a while, my friend's like, oh, yeah, I visited my mom and she still has that portrait on the wall. Aww. Yeah. And just to think that someone's out there yeah. loving something you made from a certain phase of your life. I don't know. It's something nice about it. I think what it gets gross because we know about the other stuff, you know, people collecting stuff because it's an investment. Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't art. Phase. Yeah, I don't think of like buying stuff in general, but I think. Yeah, the market. <laughs> yeah, the market's gross. Yeah. 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 I did actually today, I was uh, at my studio and I was just, I heard someone's voice and I was like, oh, I think it's that person who made that thing that's hanging in the hallway close to the bathroom because I just saw this thing on the wall and I was like, I want it. <laughs> and even before thinking, I was like, hey, are you selling that piece? Mm-hmm. And she was like, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't, I I don't know. I, so I think I I wonder if she actually had a bit of like teenage oddly reaction. Yeah, like, like no, I, I don't. That's not for sale. Yeah. Or, I don't know. And and I kind of shouldn't have asked because I was like, I don't have. I don't know if I can buy. I yeah. I, I don't even know if like I. It was not like committed. To, like I am buying that work, but I was just like I don't. Know, I just burst. It just burst it because I was like, oh, I I want it. Yeah. I think yeah. With my big work now, I just really want someone to, someone. <laughs> With a lot of space to buy it, but okay. <laughs> or like, am I correct if I say that you would prefer for an institution to buy it than for an individual? Yeah, but then like, if an individual would buy like that, the work I have now, it's like it would be a pretty gross or strange individual because it's like, <laughs> yeah, no. But I was I I I I when the institution, Anitia, the ones that I'm showing it now, when they were asked like how much, how much does it cost, and I was like, oh, I just want to get rid of it, like. I feel like I've done it. It can be, it can be, it can move on. Now. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know. I think the ideal situation would be if the storage were institutions and then if, you know, someday someone wanted to see your work, it's possible because they end up in exhibitions or something like that. Yeah. Instead of like literally a storage unit with a bunch of art in it. Yeah. <laughs> One more time. Thank you for listening. Send us a DM if you have any questions for our next episode. It might end up in our new season. Thank you so much for listening. This episode has been produced with the help of Nietzsche Center for Samtidskunst in Lillestrøm, Norway. And thank you so much to artist Siri Bolge, who contributed with some great musical work for our jingles this episode season. Thank you so much. And please... 
Send us your DMs to ask Adelaide questions for next episode.